There is the man, the myth, the legend, Dirk Bentley. We were just reminiscing on some tunes during the break. He's got some, some good ones, some oldies, but goodies. So I'm already looking, getting some ticks. Well, it's not June just 1st. any concert June 1st, too. It's the first concert on his tour. You know you're getting a good effort on the first show. Oh, yeah, you got to start strong. You got to start strong. Anyway. No fatigue yet. I'm hoping that uh secure myself some of those tickets. Be like John Tavares after a week off. <laughs> That's right. After a week off, we saw a different John Tavares, spicy John Tavares, slashing away, then apologizing for it. The apologetic John Tavares, <laughs> not my favorite John Tavares. <laughs> uh, let's talk to Luke Fox, our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online. And in the showroom, visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Luke Fox, NHL writer, with us here at Sportsnet. How's it going, Luke? Oh, it's going well. Another game day, busy week for the for the Leafers here. Yeah, you're going to be grinding, eh? Like seven games in, I don't know, it feels like a week here. It's a busy one. Yeah, no, absolutely. And some fun teams coming in, like the Buffalo Sabres are, um, are tonight's game. And, you know, they're not doing the greatest. I think they've lost like four straight. They're a little bit banged up, have some injuries. But they always play the Leafs hard. Uh, their playoff chances aren't exactly dashed quite yet, so I would expect that they'll give them a good run, and then we get the the champs in on, on Wednesday, the Avalanche and the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, who are just one of the the powerhouses in the league. So it should be a really fun week. Yeah, a good stretch of great opponents here. Um, obviously, starting with that game on Saturday night, heightened stakes. Obviously, when the some of the best players in the NHL come to Scotiabank Arena, Hockey Night in Canada, it'll be good. Uh, Maple Leafs have a comeback performance. What did a win like that uh, with the stakes and with the way that it had gone a week and a half earlier mean to a team like that? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean much in the standings, right? Like, uh, they're all set with the, the Tampa Bay Lightning and everyone knows where they're at. But I think they really wanted to wash the the bitter taste out of their mouth. Um, that game in Edmonton, they laid a complete egg. Like it, it was a, it was a stinker and you know, they, they took some flack for it and rightly so, you know, that wasn't their best effort. They let Connor McDavid run all over them. Um, so I think, you know, there's an element of pride at, at play with these guys, especially at the top end. So for the core four to combine for uh, 11 points, um, you know, for all, all, all those guys to make an impact on the game. John Tavares gets another 30-goal season. Austin Matthews gets another 30-goal season. Uh, William Nylander was, was buzzing. But uh, to me, you know, this is, was billed as the showdown between the two centers, Matthews and McDavid, and Mitch Marner, uh, in my mind, stole the show. I mean, that play that, that he makes – on the cloud to steal the puck, kind of rope him into thinking he can make that uh, cross uh, across the slot pass safely, um, picking it off. And then the move, the move he put on Skinner was, was out of this world. Um, and then, you know, a shift or two later, he knocks down another puck and, and feeds Nylander. And it's just, this guy's creating at, at both ends. Um, he was phenomenal and he actually led all Leafs in ice time, even, even more, played more than the defensemen. So he was all over the ice. Um, and I, I think it was a, a nice showcase for him because uh, I think a lot of, you know, that game got a lot of attention Saturday night. And the, the de facto position is that Matthews is the star of this team, but not this year. And, and part of that's probably due to the nagging injuries that he's nursing, but this is Mitch Marner's team this year. He's been all over it. Um, so it's kind of nice to see him outshine uh, everyone on that surface 
Saturday. Yeah, it was a statement game for sure for Mitch Marner. And when you get a statement game, you want to make like a bold proclamation. You want to make something, you want to have a conclusion from it, whether it's Mitch Marner should win the Selkie trophy or Mitch Marner's the best right winger in the game. Do any of those pop for you after Saturday night? Well, it's first, first line right winger two years in a row. So um, I, I think he, I think he's there. Uh, the Selkie conversation is really interesting. Uh, it's funny. Um, Greg Wyshynski at ESPN polls a bunch of us voters every month or so um, for his like awards watch column. And uh, he asks, you know, who, who do you have right now? If, if you were to fill out your ballot right now, we, we don't fill them out to the very end of the year, the regular season, but um, this past one, I think it was last week. Uh, it's, it's anonymous, but I don't care. Uh, I, I put Mar- I put Marner as my number one. And part of that is, you know, it, I think Bergeron is the guy that, you know, a lot of voters default to. He plays center. He's incredible, right? And um, he's got the legacy thing going. And, and it, you kind of, as soon as you start thinking about, okay, who am I going to vote for Selkie, your mind automatically starts at Bergeron. And then you expand and, and look and see what other other people are doing. And it's just a shame that it all, in my mind, that it always goes to a center. I think wingers have gotten the short shrift and Marner is one of the best at takeaways. Um, he is on the first PK unit for the Leafs and the PK has, has improved drastically year over year. Um, ever since he got, you know, he actually volunteered for that position ever since he started killing penalties for the Leafs, their penalty kill has gotten better. Um, he just reads and anticipates the play so well. And, you know, sometimes face off percentage comes into that conversation and he doesn't take face off. So, Maybe that's where you dock him, but I just think he's so smart defensively, uh, picks off so many pucks, he back checks so hard, uh, and then his offense kind of speaks for itself. So um, is he going to win it? I would, I would be shocked just because wingers don't usually, but I'm all for, for trying to make the case that, that he deserves to be right up there in that conversation. And I think what maybe separates him from other Selkie candidates is, okay, the defensive contribution, great. The center, you know, you can't mess around with the analytics or you can't, um, you know, put down the analytical profile that a guy like Patrice Bergeron puts together. But Mitch Marner scored two goals, at least, or two real memorable goals in the last week. Both, like, beautiful moves in tight on goaltenders, gets the crowd, even the crowd in New Jersey, amped up. And it's borne off defensive uh, superstar-like play. Like the way he stripped the puck from Timo Meyer, scored on the breakaway in Jersey, the way he knocked down the pass, as you mentioned, from Ryan McLeod and scored that beautiful goal against the Oilers. Like he is not only killing the penalties and doing all that, but he's taking superstar defensive play and turning it into goals immediately. I'm not sure like there's a stat for that, but great defensive play to goal. I, I can't imagine anyone else leads the league than in that stat that I just made up than Mitch Martin. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what the short form for that stat would be. It's, it's, it, there's a lot of detail there, but I, I, you're bang on, Justin. Like, uh, and I think that's like he's a coach's dream, right? Like, coaches always preach the offense will come from good defense. If you get the puck back quickly, we can play on offense. And, you know, that's something that has clicked for Mitch Marner a while ago. And now he's just kind of taking it to another level. It seems every year he improves on that side of the play. Um, and he keeps getting smarter and smarter with 
with his reads and um, the way he can, he can create space for himself and his teammates. Um, but the other thing is the work ethic. It's not just that this guy's, uh, you know, naturally gifted and has put in all his time since he was a very little kid, like just loving hockey, just rink rat, right? But it's also like he doesn't give up on plays. Uh, and, and whenever he's so noticeable, like every shift, you, you know, when Marner's out there and that's because he's, he's working his uh, butt off out there. And, uh, and I think it's, you know, he, it's kind of, he leads in, in kind of a funny way. Cause he's like happy go lucky. He's not a guy to like call guys out, but I think his teammates take inspiration from seeing how hard that a guy that talented works as hard as he does, especially when he doesn't have the puck. Speaking of leaders, um, Toronto Maple Leafs captain John Tavares was fined $5,000 for slashing, but uh, had a great performance in terms of what he did Saturday night in score sheet as well. Two goals and assists, uh, 18 minutes of time on ice after having about six days in between his last game um, with the questionable what was going on, injury, rest, etc. With that said, um, it looked like a type of John Tavares that the Maple Leafs need in the playoffs, somebody that is with a little bit of an edge, someone that's tougher to play against, and maybe a little bit of rest helped have that be the case? Yeah, possibly. Um, and, and I think part of it is, you know, again, like like we were talking about earlier, just big-time players knowing it's a spotlight game. The only time Connor McDavid is rolling it to town and, before that game, John Tavares said, like, he finds these matchups exciting. And, and I think in over an 82-game slog, you got the best player in the world playing, having the best season of his life. He comes into your town. You kind of get up for that game a little bit more than, than some of the others. I mean, the, the, the cliche is, oh, it's just another game and we want the two points. But, you know, these guys have pride. They have egos. And I think they want to get up. They know the spotlight was on that game. And I think John Tavares came to play and, and good on him. You know, maybe the little bit of rest helped. Uh, you know, I was in Vancouver for that hit that, that Tyler Myers laid on him. And I was, I was floored that a concussion spotter didn't take him off at least for a little check. Um, because that was obviously like a, a monster hit. Um, so I wasn't, overly surprised you know immediately after the game he said he felt fine but I wasn't overly surprised that that they were exercising some caution there letting him sit out a game uh against the the devils and and if it was the playoffs he probably doesn't sit out that game but you know this all about extreme caution right now for the Leafs with with all their injuries but it's still great to see you know the fact that he's already got 30 goals he's got a little bit more runway left this is his best season um since his first year as a leaf and you know people can knock the amount of money he's getting paid but if you're a second line center and you have 30 goals and it's not st patrick's day yet your team's probably in a pretty good position so where do you stand on the uh the slash and then the apology like i was so encouraged right john Tavares <laughs> showing a little bite we need to see that bite when it matters most but then i don't know maple leafs captain you know clicks in and he's got to apologize for the the slash like I, I get, let Ailish explain it to me, laid it out. Of course, he's going to apologize for mm-hmm. that. He gets fined if that's what the captain, of the Maple Leafs, does. But like, is that bite? Is that is that important for John Tavares? Do we need to see that? I think so. I don't mind it, and um, I don't think his coach minded it either. You know, he was asked about it yesterday, and he was kind of like, 
same thing with William Nylander, right? When he got the the, the roughing penalty a, a few weeks back, it's like very uncharacteristic. You don't see it a lot, but I think because you don't see it a lot, you actually don't mind it every once in a while. You you like a little pushback, you know? You don't want to get pushed around. Was it nasty and unnecessary? Sure. Uh but I just like that, that he's engaged and, and a little bit vicious because it's, it's going to be a vicious series against the Lightning. Make no mistake. Uh, and I don't like, you know, uh, you know, they don't need to start everything, but to turn the other cheek constantly, um, I think lets the other team know that you can get pushed around. Um, but if, if you're a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning and you see a, a Tavares slash a guy's hand, uh, type of slash that could probably break break a guy's finger. Yep. Um, maybe you think maybe you think twice when you're in a net front battle with them. So I don't mind it. I get why he apologized. You know he's doing the right thing, but um, I like that the coach was completely fine with it. I think a lot of fans are probably fine with it, and a lot of his teammates are probably fine with it. Yeah, I think it's the turn the other cheek stuff. Like how often we see John Tavares like get up slowly and like kind of just skate away without any like response when someone takes a liberty on him. And and that's on his teammates, I think, first and foremost to like, hey, your captain just got knocked down. Like, let's do something about it. I just feel like too often we see, okay, it's it's you can take liberties on the captain of this team if you want to. And I know this is a bit of a different team now. They've added some toughness, but Tavares sticking up for himself too. Uh, I think definitely helps things. Well, think about it. Would Sidney Crosby have done something similar? I think so. He can be a mean dude sometimes, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he sticks up for himself. And he can be nasty. And I don't think, I mean, you know, you can want that out of the game entirely, but when you're when you're battling for for position, when when someone's getting under your skin, this this stuff is going to happen. He's no Michael Bunting. Um, who also made headlines on Saturday night, him versus Evander Kane, and then their post-game comments, uh, kind of going back and forth or not engaging. Um, if you're Michael Bunting, just shutting it down, then hey, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Um, the reputation of Michael Bunting, I think we've probably brought this up with you before. It seems to be changing uh, and getting maybe less and less tolerable by players and by officiants. Um, all officiant. I'm officiating a wedding, so that's why I said officiant. Officiant <laughs> officials uh, throughout the NHL. Uh, where do you just what's the pulse around Michael Bunting right now in terms of like how the league is viewing him refs and I guess opposing players? Because we saw Vander Kane was was not was not shy about saying that he uh, dives and embellishes quite often. Well, I, and I think the other piece of that that Evander Kane's pointing out is is that he won't fight. Mm-hmm. And Kane is absolutely right with that. Michael Bunting does not have a fight at the <laughs> NHL level. And when you consider what he does, how many scrums he's in, how many names he calls people, like how he gets under the opponent's skin as constantly as he does, and he, and he needs that to be engaged in the game and to be the best version of himself. I mean, that's part of his identity as, as a hockey player, not to take away from his offensive side because it kind of almost gets talked about less than the agitator side of him. Uh, and, and, he, and he is great at, at making plays and, and finishing plays when he's on his game. But that element of his game usually leads to dropping the gloves at some point. And the fact that he's avoided that completely is, is throughout his, his career, uh, as short as it is, is pretty remarkable considering how many scrums he's in. Uh, but the, the thing that I think is, is tripping him up here is 
you know, he draws the second most penalties in the whole league right now. Mm -hmm. And last year he was top five in that category as well, which is, which is great, right? Especially when you have a power play as strong as the Leafs, they're ranked third overall right now. You want to be on the power play as much as possible. So if you have a guy that is going to take a slash or, or incite some wrath of the other team, willing to take that abuse in order to get a, a five on four situation, you want that. The problem is the refs are, are really uh, weary of, of his antics now. So I think he's only net plus four. Uh, in penalties last year, he was net plus thirteen. Like he got earned thirteen more power plays than he caught than he cost the, the team. So he he's still in the he's still in the black, but not by much. Um, so he's doing all this, but it, it's not yielding as many power plays because I, I mean I, I mean you guys go to the games, I go to the games, you see it often. He he is penalty, a penalty is committed on him, but the ref tucks their whistle because unfortunately he does have a reputation as a bit of an embellisher. I mean, he was fined by the league uh, last season for it, and you have to already go through a warning process before they they call you out publicly and slap you with a fine. So that means he was warned prior to that, Um, and and he's been hit with a few embellishment penalties um, so far this season. And I think he does exaggerate a little bit, and and part of that is because he wants to – to draw penalties, which which are a good thing, um, but then it's like the boy who cried wolf, right? Like when he does it too much, um, the refs don't want to get embarrassed by that, so they're not calling him as much, or they call the the coincidentals, which is which is what they called on Saturday. So it's something he needs to figure out a little bit. I think last year he was a rookie; the refs weren't quite as familiar with him. And Keith said it right at the beginning of the year, first game of the year in Montreal. He said. Michael Bunting needs to know that the refs know him now, the opponents know him now, and he's got to figure out how to be just as effective now that he has a bit of a reputation. Might have to load manage some of that embellishment, just, uh, you know, <laughs> take it slowly so uh, the referees aren't turning the other cheek when it matters uh, the most. Okay, so we have a little bit of a goaltending battle again here. Matt Murray's going to get some run, but Samsonov is a little bit banged up, or at least not 100% right now. But it seems like, well, at least in my opinion, the good thing to do. Let these guys continue to battle it out, even if you want to give the net to Ilya Samsonov right now because you feel more comfortable. You brought Matt Murray here in a reason, and when he's been on the ice, and that's been you know only about half the time so far, he's been pretty good. I think uh, the goaltending battle persists. It wages on. Uh, it might still be Samsonov in front, but maybe Matt Murray, given a little extra run here, has the chance to take it from him. Do you see it that way? I see it as Samsonov's net still. Um, and, and I'm waiting for Matt Murray to, to really get in a groove. So his past four starts, he's given up four goals in each of them. Um, he has a sub 900 save percentage in each of his last four starts. I mean, he made some, some absolutely brilliant saves, I, I think, in that Canucks game especially. Um, but, you know, I'm not sold on him. I, I hated some of the goals he let in against the Oilers, and it wasn't a big talking point because they won the game and there was much better stories to talk about. And he also, you know, he shut the door late. He, he kind of found his groove um, towards the, the second half of the game. But I hated how he played that wraparound on Evander Kane. He was way far past his, his post and left himself no chance to get back on, on the wraparound. Uh, another puck goes basically right through him. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sold yet on Matt Murray, and I'm not sure Sheldon Keep is sold yet 
on him. Uh, I, I think some of this has to do with managing Samsonov's workload. Uh, it's interesting that he said Samsonov was 100%. I, I think they're doing the smart thing um, by balancing it out, keeping both guys fresh. And, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Like, absolutely. Is, is there is there some runway here where, where Murray can outperform Samsonov and last whatever it is, 16, 17 games a season and get the, the start in game 83? Sure. Um, but I think no matter who gets that start, the leash will be shorter than ever. The leash will be shorter than it, than it was for, for Jack Campbell or for Freddie Anderson before them. Before, you always felt like whoever was starting game one of uh, the playoffs for the Leafs was going to be the same guy that, that started the elimination game. I don't think that's the case this year. I think the leash will be shorter on whoever it is. And, and that's kind of was the plan going into this season. They, they wanted two guys in hopes that, that one is hot at the right time. And I think they'll go with the hot hand. For me, it's Samsonov right now. Um, Murray hasn't shown enough to, to convince me that, that he deserves it. I know he's got the resume, but to me, that's not enough. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. So it looks like uh, that's settled for tonight, but they have seen a lot of lineup tinkering um, since the trade deadline happened and ended, and now we're seeing maybe Luke Shen coming back in the fold after his baby um, was born on the weekend which is exciting, but any lineup changes you anticipate tonight with the fact that the Maple Leafs play quite a few games this week, and I guess um, Sheldon Keefe's still trying to figure out how to fit together 11-7 and or whatever's going on with the way that he's uh, compiling these lines. Anything you anticipate we see different tonight? Yeah, my sense is that he's going to stick with 11-7. and I don't love it. Um, The interesting thing is that practice yesterday, he had... Ever since they made the trade for Jake McCabe, he had been playing uh, alongside TJ Brody, and that made a lot of sense. For one, TJ Brody is the easiest guy to, to play with, and you bring a new guy in, you want him to feel comfortable. Um, nothing makes a defenseman feel more comfortable than looking to your side and seeing TJ Brody, Mr. Consist- Mr. Consistency, beside you. Um, so they, they made a flip and put Brody with Riley, at practice yesterday, and you know, I, th- I think Morgan Riley is probably happy for that. And they had McCabe with Hall, and I, w- I wonder if they're going to see if if that could be a, a, a shutdown look as well. Um, so I'm curious to see how how that pans out. I think in a perfect world, you have two TJ Brodies because I think Riley needs them, <laughs> and 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 I really do like the work that um, Brody and McCabe have done. Um, they hadn't been, McCabe hadn't been on for a goal against as a Leaf until McDavid hopped out of the penalty box there Saturday and kind of took matters into his own hands. That was the only one. Um, I think he's been quietly been a a really uh, great addition and a smooth addition for them. So I'm curious to see how um, that works in in terms of who ultimately ends up partnered with McCabe. Um, But otherwise, no huge, huge lineup changes I'm anticipating. I I do think this 11-7 and thing, they're doing it to keep – Gustafson involved and make him feel comfortable with a new team, trying to get him up to speed. Uh, but I don't think when push comes to shove and, uh, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning come here for game one, um, that they're going to go with 11 and 7. I, I, I think it's a, li- a little bit too disjointed and there's a lot to figure out. And I think they, they just want to roll four lines at that point. Yeah, push is getting closer to shove here. And there is a lot to figure out, it seems almost like a, it's kind of, 
It's a little nervy how much needs to be settled with such short amount of time. We only have about a month before the playoffs begin. Does it give you pause that they're trying new things at this point? Should they settle into something or is there still enough room here to experiment? Or, I mean, do you have no choice because you have all these bodies and you kind of got to figure it out? Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, right? Um, I, I'm okay with it, but, you know, I think once we get to maybe eight games, ten games left, then I want to see, you know, a, basically a, a carbon copy version of, of what you're going to go into the playoffs with and get those guys, you know, dialed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think we got maybe six, seven, eight games here that Keith can have his, his fun with the experimentation. But I think then it's like, okay, you know, if uh, these guys need to realize you're not, not everyone's going to get in. There's going to be some disappointed defensemen um, when that puck drops to start the playoffs. So put your egos to the side, let the, let the starting six go, and let's let's find see them get into some rhythm here. All right, Luke. Uh, before we let you go, we did our own version of the Oscars um, before we brought you on. Gave some awards for best actor. We gave that to Mitch Marner, best supporting actor. We gave that to William Nylander. But um, whether I don't know if you agree with those or not, but the uh, the one we need to ask from you because you're down there talking to the guys is best interview. Who's the best oh. interview on the Maple Leafs? You want to give your Oscar to? You know, I, I'm going to give it to Mark Giordano. Um, he is there every single day and is happy to, to talk to you, willing to face the cameras. A lot of days, and I expect this morning to be the same, they do an optional skate, and every single optional skate, he is there by his, his locker, willing to talk. Having a veteran to talk to is great because he has league perspective, so I love that. He's played in the Western Conference. He's played for... For three teams now, he knows a lot of the, the players on the opposition. So he's a great source of insight. He's a, a constant gentleman. Um, and low-key, he's got a, a bit of a sense of humor, too. So I, I'm going to give it to Gio. So good news, Luke. Uh, Sportsnet Stats was listening. And Mitch Marner <laughs> does lead the league in IDPLDTGs, which is immaculate <laughs> defensive plays leading directly to goals. Mitch Marner's the league leader. Put that into your selkie consideration, okay? Send me a chart. I want to see a chart. Okay. Well, He's we'll... not Blake Murphy, but we'll do our best. <laughs> well, we got sports and stats on it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate you coming okay, on. Okay, have a good one, guys. Thanks. Uh, that's Luke Fox, NHL writer for Sportsnet, and our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit donvalleynorthlexus.com. IDPLDTG. It's a good stat. That's Immaculate uh, defensive plays leading directly to goals. I can't imagine someone has more IDPLDTGs <laughs> than our best actor <laughs> and Toronto Maple Leaf star Mitch Marner. Man, that's going to be trending. IDPL. It doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. No, you. But what analytic analytics I mean, don't? What analytic does? Corsi. It does, I guess. It's just so easy to be Corsi. Corsi's Corsi. good. Corsi's good. Um, all right. Well, I don't know if you can bet on IDPLDTGs, uh, but you can bet on some Mitch Marner points tonight. Um, Austin Matthews and the core four looking to continue their role against the Buffalo Sabres battle of the QEW tonight. I'm seeing here a big seven there. Arena. I'm seeing a seven. I'm seeing a big seven tonight. Still Seven's feeling tough. confident about that. Seven's tough to overcome. Last week, I bet the over the Sabres Dallas Stars game, and there was like I know ten six was or ten four was the I score. Know. I know. 
I just feel like there's a lot of pucks in the net tonight. So that might be part of my pick, but you can send those in at 590, 590. I do have our next show bet punishment ready to unveil oh my. to you. I, I have to green light these, don't I? Rubber stamp? Mm, Approval? I think I you have just... won enough that I get to make the... And what is it for? We got the NCAA tournament starting. Maybe we got that. the Fanex Cup. Maybe it's the the Fanex Cup. That doesn't get decided until September. We have that too. World Baseball Classic. Yeah, a lot of Ooh. stuff. A lot of balls in the air right now. And we'll tee up um, some March Madness bracket that we will do as a collective community on the Fan Morning Show. All that's next on The Wake and Rig. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. We talked about the record-breaking Team Canada performance at the World Baseball Classic where they had the most amount of runs scored in a single game. Well, that has already been stolen. That award from the Oscars sniped from their hands because Team Korea has now, what, 22 runs currently playing? They've scored 22 22 runs? 22 and counting. They have scored 22 and counting right now. Are we not blindly taking overs in this tournament? I think there's just no question about it. Like, what's the line here for USA Canada? Um, I have seen a text message in here on the Wake and Rake saying... See, we've got sharps in the text line. Why don't I just read this one for you? Let's let's hear it. Hey, Alicia and Justin. So this could go as an anchor pick or a parlay piece, but it seems right with the runs being put up by both teams. I like Canada versus United States at over 10 and a half runs scored. Oh, my God. Could be an anchor piece or put in a parlay if no one is getting it. Um, He's seen it at plus 100 for even play. That's Alessandro from North York. Uh, Alessandro? Yes. Send me a DM. Let me know where I can get that. Where do we get this? Because how could, after what we've seen, especially from the Canadian pitching, a taxed (laughs) pitching staff, how are they going to... Back-to-back days. How is that U.S. lineup not going to score a bunch of runs on Canada? With all due respect. Maybe Canada will score a bunch of runs. We'll have a great game. They just did it. Mm-hmm. They just had the record. or close, too. Uh, I don't know. I think we might have to just play overs at the World Baseball Classic here and not ask any questions. I think you're right. Like, right now, 22 runs by Korea. I think it's sloppy baseball. And that's yeah, where you and, and pitchers aren't ready. Right? That's like, the whole point of this, especially Jose Barrios. Yeah, Barrios says, what, thrown, what, how many, th- throw twice at spring training? And yeah. they're on the mound in a big spot against locked in, dialed in <laughs> batters? Yes. He was on the mound for Puerto Rico at the World Baseball Classic and was rocked for six runs, five earned in one inning of work. You had a little extra in Puerto Rico there, too. I liked it. You know why? Because yeah, John, John Morosi has been absolutely killing it. At the World Baseball Classic, he is just like on the ground interviewing legends. He's so good. He and loves he, the World Baseball Classic. He, he loves made runs for this. Runs scored. And his post game interviews are electric. And so I'm trying out the little Morosi trill when I feel confident. <laughs> okay, Jose yeah. Barrios. Uh, your Puerto Rico is a little better than your Barrios. Nonetheless, um, still pretty overs, a valiant attempt. We're overs in World Baseball Classic, uh, automatic bet as of today. And thanks to Alessandro for sending that one in. We'll try to find it. I don't think I can put it in my parlay um, where I'm looking, but if you can find it, bet it. Uh, I just had someone message me 
that person being my father, saying, can you send that Marner stat on goals from defensive plays to me? It was a joke. Oh, it's he not, wants to use it in the broadcast. It's, not, it's, not, it's not, a, not a real stat. Hold on, just uh, just so we have it right here. The IDPLDTGs, Immaculate Defensive Plays Leading Directly to Goals, not a real statistic. You almost had that in the broadcast, and then you know how many people would have tuned into our show and That's said, wow, I this say, guy I made pub- I need public stats? record of that not being a real Damn stat. Yeah, CeCe's always listening, eh? Looking for tidbits. My comedy didn't work in that. I didn't get uh, the best actor. You did say it pretty seriously, and I thought. Best comedic moment did not go to me. <laughs> okay. Um, we got, now we got picks pouring in here on the Wake and Rake, so I'll keep compli- compiling those. But we do have some other stuff to go through. Um, I mentioned before the break that I had our next show bet picked out um, in terms of our punishments. We have three on the go. We have a World Baseball Classic, the winner, whoever gets furthest in the tournament. Um between us, we've got our um, automatic selector on the internet chose the teams for us, so sure, we had no yeah. skill. Um, so we're in the middle of that. We're also in the middle of the Fan X Cup, where I started with a bang and picked Scotty Scheffler to win at plus 1,000, and he sure did. So I'm up 1,000 The to standings zero. right now, Ailish, $1,000, Justin, $0. But that's a year-long, like, that's a summer-long thing, so I don't want to put a, a, a prize on that one yet. Great start for you, though. But I'm ready to say for the World Baseball Classic that I can propose a bet for us. Okay, let's hear it. Loser has to either eat raw liver oh or raw beef heart in honor of Jacob Chikrin. I can't. No, I can't Justin, do that. Justin, just a bite. Alish. Come on, grow up. I can't do that. It's just a bite. I'll do it if I lose. I will I will try raw liver or raw beef heart in honor of Jacob Chikrin. I'll do it. So you can't do it? Grow up. Come on. <laughs> it's just raw you don't liver. You want to do that? I want to do it, and I think it'd be great. And this is the high stakes of betting against me. It's not for fun. Can I cook it? No, you. The whole point is that it's raw. What does the nutrients just? Yeah, disappear? actually, they they would. Not all of it. You don't have to eat the whole thing. You have to have <laughs> one bite of one of these oh, items. Come man. on, then don't lose. Well, you I'm said staking it was my reputation luck. on this. I'll do it. We'll talk about it. Oh, you're scared. I am. Guys, what? Like you guys agree back there? They're in. No, they're not into that. They said absolutely, Justin. They didn't. Come on the radio and say it. The tiebreaker is, should we do this, Josh and Daniele? I speak? Yeah, there you go. Yes, 100%. I couldn't tell if I was on or not there, but yes, 100%. Come on, Why Justin. Why wouldn't you? This is fun. That's fun? Yeah, that's cool. I Are like we throwing it. up on the air? Now, maybe I'm... You, hold on. Just a bite. Hold on. Now, yeah, maybe I'm more immune to it because it's funny. I don't want to give him press, but I've seen this for a long time, this ancestral thing, dietary mm-hmm. habits. Mm-hmm. The liver king is famous for this in his whole mm-hmm. ancestral ways. So, yeah. He's jacked. I, I, and people, well, yeah. the liver king was on the he's gear. Not, he's not clean. He's on the gear, man. He, he had a lot of juice <laughs> happening there. Um, but, yeah, this is this is great. This is a good idea. It's 100% happening. Just, Justin, I've been on the show longer. I get to make the rule. All right. I got Japan. Let's do it. <laughs> Justin, you might Justin, win. Justin, and then at that, that point, I just, just said, win all right. That. I got Japan. Yes, all right. It. We're doing it. <laughs> All right, and we'll fulfill it, and it can be a content play for you, Justin. Great. You know, you More love content those. plays for you. All right, the text line says they are in agreement, so they, they're the tiebreaker, too, and they're on my side. Damn so. you, Jacob Chikrin. <laughs> All right, we have our show bet for the World Baseball Classic. One of us will eat either raw liver or raw, what is it, beef heart? I think I'm going with the raw I've liver. I've actually eaten beef heart so before. So you're cheating. You it already know. Oh, okay. 
It was very chewy. Buddy, we're good. Uh, that's our bet, and you said you were going to do it, and we're moving on. World Baseball Classic. Tonight, Canada versus United States. Uh, we'll have that at Sportsnet 1, and you could tune in. I think it's a 10 p.m. start. It's a late one. That's going to be tough. The way that game's going, if, if there's 20 runs, it's going till 2.30 We will be covering it live on the air tomorrow yeah, we'll be morning. Back. We'll be cashing tickets when we arrive. Um, so, yeah, if you can get the over on that, I think betting it is a fair play. Uh, maybe any over ever in the World Baseball Classic. That's tonight, uh, 10 p.m. Yes, Sportsnet 1, Canada, United States. Um, all right, so we did our show bet. We got Leaf Sabres. Okay, March Madness bracket is also out. Selection Sunday yesterday. We are going to... Um, the most amount of information we can currently provide you is we will do a fan morning show community March Madness bracket challenge. We will present all this information shortly. I have to do some... Got to figure out some legalities yes, here. Yes, we have to do some legalities and some things, but stay tuned for that. So you can start brainstorming. You know what the bracket looks like. You can start thinking who you, who's going to be uh, your team to ride here. I still have lots of research to do personally. I have legitimately zero gut pick right now and uh i gotta do some some thinking but for our listeners we will do one research days here huge research days ahead we'll do one um you can play along we will do just like we did with the prop bet sheet we'll send it out tweet it out and you guys can join houston plus 550 alabama plus 700 kansas plus 900 and purdue plus 1100 for your championship odds right now and the bracket is out and is up and you can start pondering your decisions my guts, gut feels right now. Your liver gut. Alabama eight hundred, UCLA fourteen hundred would be would be my very uneducated takes. Okay, very cool. Hopefully, someone smarter than me will agree with that and make me sound smart. This is where we need that specialist. I forget who it was in the text line that was sending in those college picks. Oh, they'll be there. You're we'll listening. Have some you know who I'm talking about. Tip off Thursday. We'll be ready to go. All right, so we definitely have to get this out real quick because if Thursday's tip-off, then we want to have it out by tonight or tomorrow. Okay, that's the plan. Aim for tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Perfect. Um, So stay tuned. That'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to that. So want to go through some anchor picks, solidify that, and then we can talk about some football stuff? Okay. Sure. So a lot of people loving the over and the Leaf Sabres automatically think we should just make that our anchor pick, but we'll read through and see what uh, some folks are saying. Uh, just let me quickly give you mine because it's not too juicy. I've got the Colorado Avalanche winning in regulation over the Montreal Canadiens minus 160. Mm. We did. I mean, we kind of buried the lead here. We did hit a wake and rake on we Friday, sure did. which was great. Uh, Nate Lashley coming through in his three ball to give us uh, to give us uh, wake and rake cash on the week. So shout out to the fella who suggested Nate Lashley got us through, got us over the line. I forget who that was. Well, they'll let us know. Uh, but yeah, I'm going with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I, I, you know, they're a great team. Obviously, they got to get going. I don't know if that's so obvious. I think they're probably going to be comfortable going in wildcard position. But I feel like guys will get up to play in Montreal. The Nate McKinnons, yeah, it's not his hometown, but that's the closest NHL team to him. I just feel like uh, Colorado will be ready to go, and uh, they're obviously the far superior team. Mm-hmm. That should be enough to get a regulation win. Okay, I'm seeing it at minus 157. I locked that in there. And... Um... I'm going to decide mine last. Eric from Burlington. Good morning on a really bad cold streak, but really cashed in on my uh, UFC pick. That yes, was a hell of a pick. Marab was. was unbelievable. So shout out to Eric from Burlington uh, on that one. What a performance. I'm taking the abs in regulation tonight. Oh, there you go. Sharing a brain. Uh, Montreal has lost six in a row, and I love watching them stink. <laughs> All right, Jeff and Barry going three for three. Don't miss out. Alish. Mm. Don't miss out. Alish. Uh, Johnny Tavares over three and a half shots tonight. It's happening, he says. 
Okay, well, if you say so. Um, Allie in Toronto for my wake and rake. I'm going to smash the over for Leafs and Sabres. Couldn't agree more. Which is now seven, we believe. Uh, we have... Uh... We've read this one from Alessandro mm-hmm. North York. That's just another over 10 and a half in USA Canada tonight at 10 on Sportsnet. Next one, Juliana and Ron. Jules got the Warriors at home, of course, minus four and a half. I believe they are hosting the Phoenix Suns. And Ron's got Dylan Brooks under <laughs> 13 and a half. Hall of Fame selection, which bit me last week. That's all right. Um, Parlay Poppy's here after a nearly perfect week. Going to start the week off going under six and a half in the Dallas-Seattle game. They played each other on Saturday with Dallas winning 4-3, and they spent the last two days drawing up a game plan to shut each other down. This one's a grand slam. All righty. Good morning. Corey from Port Hope here. He'll take the avalanche on the puck line as opposed to the three-way money line tonight for his wake and rake. So more reason to believe the avalanche will take care of business. Ian, Fred Van Vliet on Friday should have said assist, not rebound. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. So that's three straight. Nice. No odds in Halliburton yet, but plus 10 lock on assists. Careful with the Brooks unders on points. It's with Morant, with John Morant gone. He's getting more shots. Booker over 29 and a half is a good pick. Warriors 22nd in the league against his position, and he hit four out of five with Durant injured again. Yeah, someone's got to take the shots with Booker out. Uh, I do agree a little bit like it's it's just a new terrain without Morant there Mm -hmm. so I don't know if we should shelve that Hall of Fame selection for a bit more support for the Leafs and the over Steve from Sutton likes the over six and a half I think it's seven at a lot of places now but six and a half does sound better to me good morning on my first three game losing streak on the show so putting an end to it at WTA Indian Wells Vondrosova Vondrosova yeah two and a half games over Jabir Ons Jabur. What happened to Ons Jabur? She was awesome before. I well, guess she... hasn't faced the break point in her last two matches and beat her current, previously at the Aussie Open by eight games on the spread. So, Vondrosova. <laughs> God, Neil. Vondrosova over Ons Jabur. Neil minus two and a half. Neil's got to get back on track. I think he will today. I believe in it. We've got uh, Michael in Toronto saying Ilya Labushkin anytime goal scorer tonight. And then... Uh, if that's not 30 to 1, it's not I'll playable. take a look. And then Jarrett texts in saying, you're welcome for the Nate Lashley pick. I'll have more winning picks on Thursday. There Jarrett. you go. Jarrett. Jarrett. Uh, eyeing specialist status. There we go. Um, okay, so I think, you know, over in the Maple Leafs game kind of seems like the pick okay. on the community text line here. Let's do it. Um, let me lock that in there. Um, hmm. Where does I, that leave you? So, I like... The Warriors also at home, minus four, I'm seeing it. Okay. I am going to ride with my girl, Juliana, my mom, who loves the Warriors. And it's been a while since I went to a um, NBA pick. I did have a hot streak last week. I think I picked one then. And I'm gonna I, my pick was going to be the Leafs over, but I want to move off of that because that's a text line pick. So I'm going to ride with Juliana and do Warriors at home. She said four and a half. I'm seeing it at four, whatever one you want. Um, I'll pick that as well. All right. Love it. Chad in Peterborough says, one of my favorite value plays for the tourney is Mark Kett at plus 2,500. Still on Florida Atlantic as well. Watch out for them to upset Purdue in the second round. Mm. Chad Peterborough is the college hoop specialist. So, Marquette, okay. Keep that in mind. Tennis picks. Um, all right. So let me put together our parlay. I'm seeing it at uh, Colorado Avalanche in regulation over the Canadians, over six and a half or seven, wherever you're getting it, Sabres and Maple Leafs and Golden State Warriors on the spread, either four and a half or four, wherever you're seeing it. Altogether, I'm seeing around four plus 431. Okay. There's a little bit of juice on some of these, like... Mine. 
But if you move the Leafs down to six and a half, it's minus 155. So, like, eh, just maybe ride with seven if you want the money. All right? Yeah, and uh, it sets up for a push either way. It's not like you lose on that half goal. Perfect. Okay. If I change it to seven, which I did, it's uh, we're at plus 538. So, basically mm-hmm. an extra 100. Okay. Odds. Okay. Um, let's talk about some of the football news from the weekend um, and maybe how it changed some of the odds. I don't know if it really did. Well, but definitely, if you're betting the NFL draft, it changed the odds. It sure did. So the Chicago Bears traded the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft to the Panthers for four draft picks and DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. This happened, I believe, Friday when we were already off the air. Yeah, I think Friday night it happened. And the response in the betting market, at least, like it's a big deal, obviously, for the NFL. Um, Carolina is going to be getting its franchise quarterback, whoever that is. And Chicago with their franchise quarterback, Justin Fields, who they've had now. Uh, they're going to get a nice load of draft picks where they can continue to add talent. And maybe the Chicago Bears will be able to turn this around and be a pretty good uh, team uh, in short order here. But in terms of the betting market, the big the big news, and if you want to read between the lines, the betting market will help you out. C.J. Stroud's number crashed in response mm. to this. So it looks like C.J. Stroud is going to be the number one overall draft pl- selection. The former Ohio State quarterback may be the next quarterback of the Carolina Panthers which, you know, they're not going to be very good next year. It's going to be hard for a rookie quarterback to step in and put them themselves in position to maybe win a division, go to the playoffs, whatever. So there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of betting application to a move like this, whether it's betting Stroud to go first overall, whether it's betting another team to win the division in the NFC South. Lots of things that you can sort of put together from a betting perspective. But on the field, Chicago Bears immediately better with DJ Moore and Justin Fields now has someone to throw to. And of course, they've got a bunch of picks now that they can continue to add to this team. And Chicago looks like it's on the rise. I'm seeing CJ Stroud at minus 335 mm-hmm. to be drafted first or overall, overall. Bryce Young plus 280 and Anthony Richardson plus 350. Yeah, it's interesting because Richardson, like it's he's more the project guy. He's more of the... You know, mm-hmm. maybe we'll take him fifth overall and see if he can become something. But maybe a bit of a stretch to take him first because if you're moving up to one, you got someone in mind who you know or you're very, very confident can be a franchise quarterback. Richardson's still a bit of a gamble. He could be the best of all of them, but definitely a gamble. And then also um, this weekend, the Dolphins made a splash Sunday acquiring Jalen Ramsey from the Rams for a 2023 second round pick, which is 77th overall in Hunter Long. Another, I did not see this one coming. It was kind of snuck up on us on Sunday, but Jalen Ramsey moving, moving on. Yeah. uh, The division gets tougher. The Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, who am I missing? Jets. The Jets get uh, Aaron Rodgers. So that's also probably happening. I didn't want to put it in our something to chew on, but he's, you know, things are happening, Mm -hmm, rumblings mm -hmm, and mumblings. We couldn't go a show without saying Aaron Rodgers. But, like, yeah, (laughs) there's like the talent is heading to that division, and it's going to be tougher on the Bills to win it. Um, Miami Dolphins are already a good team. They need their quarterback to be healthy for them to actually make any noise. But they're turning into the Rams to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of big names. Jalen Ramsey, a huge name on the defensive side. Tyreek, obviously, a huge name on the offensive side. But it's on Tua Tagovailoa to stay healthy and, and be there because uh, when it goes to Skylar Thompson, it's a little bit uh, a little bit dicey. A little bit dicey with a third stringer behind center. Doesn't matter how good your team is. Yeah, and the Aaron Rodgers rumors seem to just be a formality at this point, waiting to figure out, you know, how they can make it work with the Jets. But everything I've read is that it's basically happening, so... If he wants to play, it seems like it's got to be New York. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so tonight you've got Maple Leafs in action um, against the Buffalo Sabres. You can catch that on Sports and Sports on 590 Fan. Of course, you can always stick around for Leafs Nation with Brent Gunning and Gord Stellick and Leafs Talk on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And um, Raptors back in action tomorrow against the Nuggets. And the, they go back and forth all week long, which is very nice. They scattered their viewing experiences. So we got one game a night for the rest of the week. Perfect. Today, big day for Ailish as she goes to select her or go pick up her puppy mm-hmm. after the show. I'll be headed out. How fast are you going to leave the studio? Do you want to hit? It'll be like a breeze and just the door <laughs> yeah. will shut and I'll be on my It'll way. Just be dust. It's a at big the doorway. Day. I'm going to get my puppy today, so stay tuned if you want to see him on my social media. Be at Ailish Forfar on Instagram. Is there any activities planned? Um, just, just to get him home. Just bond. Just to get him home and hold him tight. Okay. Hopefully, Can't... get through the ride without too many uh, accidents. I'm excited to uh, hear about it tomorrow. Should I bring him in the studio in the morning? How, like over <laughs> under a month and a half before he's in here? Oh, he'll come by. You want to meet him? Oh, obviously. Yeah, so the, everyone wants I mean, to meet him. He's a popular guy already. I, I feel like if there's one thing that can send a radio show into chaos, though, it's a, it's puppy, a puppy running, running around running in a small contained space. Oh, exciting day ahead. Uh, we'll get that March Madness bracket out to you hopefully tomorrow. And you've got Canada, United States, the World Baseball Classic, also on Sportsnet 1 tonight. That's at 10 p.m. Lots going on um, on the network today. We'll be back tomorrow morning. See if I sleep a wink tonight with my new puppy. I'll be excited to tell you about it tomorrow morning.